Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and welcome to Improv Week, episode 198. Today we're going to talk about respect versus reverence. So I want to take you back to my high school years. And uh, if you remember your high school yearbook, a lot of times there was a quote um, you could have as your senior quote. Um, and I still remember my quote to this day, uh, not because it was such an amazing, you know, insightful quote or anything, um, but it was just kind of like something that was kind of me. Um, and it, I think the quote was something like, never take yourself too seriously. You might never get out of it alive. And to a certain extent, I, I still believe that, and I try to sort of moderate my life by that, by not thinking that I'm so important and so serious, always being able to uh, laugh at myself and, and understand that I can make mistakes and I'm not perfect, and certainly um, having loving family members who aren't afraid to make fun of you and tell you when you are messing up, uh, thanks to my wife and son, uh, and also my extended family, that's important. Um, it's really important to have that. Uh, and I think it's really important so you can not just be grounded, but also perform your best because you actually know what you're capable of versus what you're not doing um, so well. So what does this have to do with respect versus reverence? If you think about organizations uh, that have thriving cultures, one of the things that helps those cultures thrive is the respect for the culture, right? The cultures are predictable. The people who buy into that culture have a shared language and to an extent sort of shared patterns of behavior and reactions. They're predictable. And that's what creates the culture. And that's what helps people operate better together. It helps people identify with the culture and have a sense of belonging. So think of that as being sort of on one end of the seesaw, right? On the other end of the seesaw, thriving cultures also encourage people to question the status quo and speak the truth to power, right? To, not, to be able to say, wait, this is not right. This is wrong. Maybe we should change something or, you know, we should stop doing this. And the reason I came up or came about this topic came into my mind was I was reading something about Second City actors. They're very uh, one of the most famous uh, improv troops. And in the article, I think they wrote Second City actors recognize the need to balance respect and reverence. Right. So the reverence for your leaders, for the culture, for the coworkers, it's healthy and productive, right? That respect is healthy and productive. However, if you have too much reverence, right, where you're not able to change, which goes a step beyond respect, that can actually lock you into sort of um, stubborn or single-minded ways of doing things that may not be working anymore. So think about this in your own career or in your own office, like I've had this happen to me, and I've probably done this to people, unfortunately, as well, where, where someone will say, you know, why do we do it this way? You know what I'm going to say? The answer is because we've always done it this way, or this is the way we're supposed to do it, right? And even when there's a much easier, obvious, better, cheaper, faster, more profitable solution, we're not going to do that because that's not the way we do things around 
here. Now, I'm not saying we should always change things, but I'm saying we shouldn't get locked into reverence where we're so afraid to change things because, you know, it, it becomes this sacred thing separate from the whole reason why the organization exists or even that particular behavior or process exists, right? So to be able to, to have the willingness at least to question and ask those hard questions doesn't mean you have to change every time, right? Because changing every process all the time is not going to create a thriving culture uh, either. But by the same token, never being willing to change everything uh, makes it more likely that you're going to go the way of the dinosaurs and your organization, your team, maybe your career, uh, at least temporarily, will go uh, extinct. And one of the great things about improv and, and comedy and, and people who have that sense of, uh, you know, irreverence, it really encourages people to not take themselves or their uh, industry or their company so seriously and to be able to say, wait a second, all right, like, we're doing a great job, but maybe there are things we can do better. Maybe our competitor is really kicking our butt because they're able to adapt and do something better. Why don't we look at maybe what was industry best standard that we created a year or two ago? Maybe we need to look at that and say, mm, let's reverse engineer this and see maybe there's a better way to do it. So that's something we can really learn um, through the practice of improv, through um, having sort of a comic sense of, of life towards ourselves and towards our work and never taking ourselves too seriously. So what I'd like to ask you to do today is really think to yourself honestly, right? Be a little bit critical uh, in this thought. How balanced are you in terms of respect and reverence towards who you are and what you do, right? Are you willing to see the things that aren't working well or to make fun of the things that are patently ludicrous and say, wait a second, why have I been doing, why have we been doing this this way for so long? Really ask yourself, can you laugh at yourself? And it's okay if the answer is no. Then the next question is, well, what might you be losing? What might you be leaving on the table because of your inability to see uh, differently and to poke fun at yourself and to always think that whatever you do is perfect and right and sacred. Um, and hopefully that will unlock some things in terms of your career. And you may even notice um, if you make that change, people will begin to see you and respond to you a lot differently. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsors. I often get asked, why did you create the Thrive Guide? for high potential underrepresented professionals. It all started out with one unanswered question. How do you thrive in environments where your advancement is still considered an anomaly? I know far too many talented, ambitious, and devoted professionals whose efforts to climb the corporate ladder were met with resistance, broken promises, and sometimes outright sabotage. 
as I looked for guidance to meet this challenge. There wasn't much out there other than the generic, you have to be better and work harder than everyone else. While I see some wisdom in this, it ignores the damage that this double standard wreaks on your mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. It also doesn't provide any specific strategies on how to handle the daily challenges, such as microaggressions, that create extra drag on your performance. I began to explore this for myself when a few pages of notes turned into 33 lessons, 2.5 hours, and a lot of video editing. The final result was the Thrive Guide with its seven strategies to thrive. Each strategy is designed to address challenges that are rooted in societal, institutional, and personal expectations for groups that have not been, and largely still are not, prevalent in leadership positions. If you refuse to have artificial limits placed on your advancement, but continue to be met with resistance, then this Thrive Guide is for you. Available now on Udemy.com. Let's get thriving. Welcome to Executive Presence Morsels. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and this is episode 199. I can't believe it. We're one episode away from 200 episodes. Thanks to you for listening and for all your support. Every once in a while, I'll get a random comment or a post or someone will send me an email, say I'm really enjoying listening to Executive Presence Morsels. And thank you so much when you do that. It just really inspires me and empowers me to keep going. Um, it, it has been sort of difficult to juggle this and, and keep this up, but I enjoy it so much. And that little extra nudge of encouragement makes it uh, so much easier. So, so thank you um, for those of you who've had the chance to do that. So today we're going to talk about shifting status. And this um, topic um, came from a, a, a good colleague, a, a mentor of mine, Michael Orth at KPMG, um, he, uh, before he became um, a, a communications and training type expert for, for KPMG, um, he had a career in acting and I imagine some improv type skills uh, as well. If you get to meet him, um, he's, you know, one of the most uh, entertaining, engaging people uh, you, you, you might meet. Um, so you wouldn't be surprised to hear me say that he had an acting type background. And uh, we had done a podcast a while ago when he was a guest uh, on my Why It Works podcast. And he Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you again. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence morsel.